Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in on a little bit of everything with me, your host, Angelica. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in on another episode of A Little Bit of Everything with Me. Today, my guest is an author of the ebook, No More Bad Days Defeating the Imagery Bullies in Your Mind. Also, the owner of the Athena Fight Club. Welcome, Danny Barranco, to the show. How are you doing today? I am doing awesome. Awesome. No more bad days, remember? <laughs> exactly. No more bad days. And what's awesome, it's Friday. That's right. It's a particularly good day. <laughs> How is it in Florida? Is it? I'm assuming it's hot for those of the listeners who's never been and they're anxious to get over there? It, it, it's warm. It, it is warm. But um, listen, I like it. When the sun goes down, it really doesn't doesn't make a difference so uh i love it here 12 months out of the year i'm happy i'm a happy camper that's amazing so you don't like you don't want to experience a little bit of winter i can send you some snow over to florida this year if you like <laughs> hey listen i lived in new york city for 38 years uh, i know all about it <laughs> <laughs> you're like no more i'm done i retired from the snow <laughs> that's it <laughs> No more bad days, no more snowy days. No, but the seasons are nice. I miss, I miss the seasons. It's just that bitter, cold winter that I could, I could live without. You know. <laughs> it's like me. I love the fall, but then for some reason, before I was like, okay, summer, because I'm a summer baby. My birthday is in July. You know, like you're. I'm just like, oh, you know, I can. I love this. I love spring, summer. But then all of a sudden, I don't know. As I got older, I feel like. I appreciate more of the winter and the fall. I guess I have allergies and it's allergy season and it's driving me insane and I wish it was winter. But yeah, I I have I understand that feeling of that bittersweet moment and I'm now aiming towards like I should just live in a cold country for twelve months because I think I feel better about myself. <laughs> right. Right. <Of> <laughs> so to all the oh. listeners out there. Danny has amazing topics to talk about. Also, the fact that he's an owner of the Athena Spike Club located in Florida. But before we get even started, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, my name is Danny Veronico, and I was uh, born and raised in New York City. Um, I am from Greek descent. And even though I actually speak about this angelic in my website, people say, well, how can it be Greek? His name is Veronica. It sounds like an Italian. <laughs> and I, I, I just felt the need because I created Athena's fight club and Athena was a Greek warrior goddess. And I'm said, they're going to say, this guy's pretending he's Greek and he's Italian. <laughs> so I felt the need to speak about it on Athena's fight club website that somewhere along the line, my last name ended with an S. 
so it was Poronikos. Now that sounds Greek, but some, I don't know, in Ellis Island somewhere they dropped the S. I guess I became Italian overnight, but I'm actually, um, I'm of Greek heritage. My mom and my dad were both Greek, and my mom was from Sparta, which was, uh, if you look up Sparta on um, Google, it comes up as a warrior society. Mm. And that's really what it was. Think about the movie 300 Spartans. And, you know, chances are if you were born and raised in Sparta, you were tough. And so my mother's side of him was very tough. And she had two brothers, and they were, they were both professional boxers. And I became a fighter at a very young age. I got into boxing. So from 13 years old, I wound up in a boxing gym in New York City. And I, it was a big part of my life growing up, being aspiring to become a professional fighter myself. And hence here we are all these years later. And I've been in the health club industry for many years and I had an idea to create this concept of being a spy club and I made it specifically for women. I have a children's program but it's mainly a, a women's boxing gym where we not only teach you how to fight and defend yourself but boxing has become one of the biggest trends in fitness mm-hmm. today. And, but most of it is like cardio boxing, which is cool. You get a great workout, burn like a thousand calories doing your boxing workout. We not only give you a great cardio workout, we really put a strong emphasis on teaching you how to fight mm-hmm. and defend yourself. And that's a big departure when it comes from Athenians to other boxing franchises out there or kickboxing franchises where it's more about the cardio, but you're really not learning how to fight and defend yourself. And I just, when people come into Athena's, I teach them, as my uncles told me when I was young, how to throw a jab, a right, a hook, and just everything a professional fighter would be taught from start to finish. That's what we teach you at Athena's. So you're really learning how to fight. You're getting that tremendous cardio workout, hitting the bags and and all the different exercises that a fighter does. And what makes us very unique, we put a strong emphasis on mental health. Wow. Yeah. And having been in the, the health club industry now for, my God, 40 years, and I've managed valley spas, um, you know, old gyms. I had my own very successful health club for many years. And New York City, but with all these different fitness studios and gym franchises, they become more and more elaborate over the years, the LA fitnesses, the planet fitnesses, but nobody puts an emphasis on mental health. And to me, health is two things. It's, it's physical and mental. And where is the mental health aspect of all these health clubs over the years? You're right. And I think as a society, we've become progressively more depressed, stressed out, anxious, and the need for some sort of mental health activity has become 
there were more and more in demand, but nobody in the health club industry was really addressed addressing it. And yeah. maybe because there's a stigma attached to it, it's kind of like, oh, you're de- you're depressed, or we we don't want that to be part of our our gym. You know, our gym is all about looking great, feeling good. Well, you might be looking great, but you're not necessarily feeling good. Mm-hmm. And I felt that there needed to be a place that uh, like al- alcoholics, you know, drug addicts would be able to recover in AA, which is a great, tremendous program. But why do you have to be a drug user to go to someplace like that? Why don't they have someplace like that for just the average person that's just walking around with too much anxiety, stress, and depression that doesn't want to go to a therapist and doesn't want to go to a psychiatrist or psychologist? You know, they become the norm. You know, over 40% of the population is suffering from some sort of mental ailment. And that's just the ones they know about. Mm-hmm. They don't know if we had a stressful day. I'm sure that number is probably double. Mm-hmm. So that's in, in, in excess of half the population is suffering, but nobody's doing anything about it. You have to go to a therapist, a psychologist. Mm-hmm. Well, if, you, if you're so unfortunate that you have to go to a psych, psychiatrist, well, 90, 98% of the time, you're going to walk out of there with some sort of prescription. And that's what I, I don't like, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm all in favor of take a pill, if it makes you feel better, go for it. But at the end of the day, so many people are suffering. Oh, and it's just treating the symptoms. It's not getting to the root of the problem. So I just decided that one day I'm going to do something about it. And, and now I've done something about it. I created a place that you could come and have a great workout, learn how to defend yourself, but also, more importantly, because you could go to a lot of places and get, get a workout, get rid of all that mental anguish that you're carrying around. Mm-hmm. And that's amazing. That's truly, truly amazing. You're absolutely right. Because when you mentioned those big box um, fitness gyms, it's true. It's all about, first of all, I feel like they're there just to make the money. Second of all, when you're a personal trainer, because I am a personal trainer, used to personal train. I felt like it's all based on sales, sales, and sales. And then you find the few that I've met in my life where they're there to actually help you. And it's not just, oh, you're done like the session. Are you interested in upgrading or are you interested on, um, you know, adding on some more sessions? Like it's the very few, few of them, very little, little percentage. Like for me, I found three in my life that were just focusing on you as in your mental state, your physical state, and how you feel when you're going into those workout sessions or classes, whatever it is. So the fact that you're taking your gym and, you know, making it feel like, you know, you're following the steps as a professional boxer, but you're 
allowing to take the stress. So as soon as it's like, I feel like once you go through those doors, it's like, you know, let's take the stress out. Let's focus on the workout, but let's focus on you as well and your mental being. So that is amazing. And I feel like you're like the only one that's doing it. I know, I know. And to see it working is what gives me great joy and pleasure. Um, and it, it hit the point now, and we've only been open a short period of time. We don't have a tremendous amount of members, but the ones we do, I see the change in them. They come in so in such despair. And, and let me tell you about the word despair. It's one of the worst words in the English vocabulary and I'll tell you why because when people commit suicide they're not committing suicide because they're depressed the main reason is they feel despair so to me that's what makes that word the most scariest word in the English in the English vocabulary because it just means that they feel there is no hope. Yeah. And if they feel, and that's why they take their life because they just feel that there's, there's no way out of it. There's, there's no hope. Mm-hmm. I remember many years ago when I had my, I opened up a health club, I actually took over a failing health club in New York city many years ago. And I knew I walked into a, a bad situation, but I, I didn't know how bad it was about to become. I literally, on the day this health club shut their doors because they were behind on rent, they couldn't pay their bills anymore. I stepped in, I said, okay, well, maybe I could resurrect it. But simultaneously, all of a sudden, diagonally across the street, here comes a gold's gym, a multi-million dollar gold's gym. Mm-hmm. I said, oh boy. And the owners one day walked into my health club. I didn't know who they were. I thought they were just in joining. I said, may I help you? And they said, well, not really. They said, listen, we're not going to lie to you. We're not going to pretend we're going to join. We're opening up the Gold's Gym up the street from you. And we're sorry, but we're going to have to put you out of business. Wow. And they damn near did. I think the only clientele I had left was the ones who bought lifetime memberships years ago yeah and one day i needed some sort of screw or bolt for one of the pieces of equipment and i walked into ben's hardware store and there was ben sitting behind the desk and he was 92 years old at the time and he looked at my face i said hi ben i said i just need you have this a screw and a bolt and he looked at me and said look son he says I've been around a long time. He says, I've been through the good times, the bad times, the depression. He says, I could look in your face and I see despair. He said, don't, don't ever be in that state of mind. He says, because if you're in despair, it's the worst thing that could happen to you. He says, sometimes you can't see the forest those are the trees. And sometimes just right around the corner, there's success. 
you just can't, you just can't see it. He says, so you go back to your business, he says, and you do what you have to do, but get rid of that feeling of despair. And it was the first time I was really introduced to that word, to that extent. Mm-hmm. Later on in life, I, when I started doing a lot of research and studying about mental health, and I realized that that was the main reason for suicide, I said, wow, there's that word again. That word Ben told me many years ago, despair. And it's, so that's why to me that word is, it's a very scary word and too many people are feeling that in this day and age. And that's why suicide rate is at an all time, at an all time high. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you a story as recent as two weeks ago, this woman I know, good woman, Christian woman, she dedicates her life to going to Haiti and fostering children. And she's like my age in her 50s. And her son, who I met years ago, um, the time he was in his 20s, now I'd say he's in his 30s, he struggled with drugs. And years ago, I bailed him out of jail. I, I, I helped him get back on his feet. And for a long time, he was doing great. Um, he was a talented electrician and a cavalry church hired him as on staff electrician they have five churches down here met a woman he had a couple children and life was good for a long time and here we are now about 15 years later he went into a separation with his wife and he just started slowly sinking and going back into that that feeling of desperation, you know, mm-hmm. and despair. Wow. So about two weeks ago, and he reached out to me about, about a month or so ago, and he said to me, and I knew I heard he was, he was back to doing drugs and um, separated with his wife, and he, he said to me, I need a mentor, I need a mentor, I need you to be my mentor. A couple of times he reached out, and finally one day I said to him, why don't you come over to my house, and we'll speak. So he came over, and his name is Carl, and I said, and I gave him one of the greatest sermons of all time, and I say that not in a braggadocious way, but when I brag about something, it's because I, I don't feel it's really me. I feel it's God's work being channeled through me. And Angelica, without a doubt, this night, he was in my home. It might have been my mouth, the words were coming out of, but they weren't my words. Hmm. It was being channeled from a source way greater than us. Wow. And, and at the end, I said to him, I kept telling him the importance of being on straight as the gate and narrow is the way. And I said to him, God, will humble you if you continue on this path. I said to him, now, Carl, you've been asking me for several weeks, hinting for me to be your mentor. I says, here's the thing. I said, I will be your mentor. 
I will never ask you for anything. I will never ask you for a glass of water. I will dedicate my life, my time, whatever it is. And, you know, Angelica, if you look on my Facebook, um, for many years, I could have put my occupation as CEO of a national franchise, a businessman, musician, guitarist, extraordinaire. But all you'll see under my name is guardian angel because I really feel that I was put here for that reason because I somehow or another seem to have helped so many people in my life and God has done a lot of work through me. So I said to him, Carl, I will be your mentor. I will never ask you for anything. I said, under one condition, you stop doing drugs. Drug of choice was cocaine. Mm-hmm. And I says, if you stop, I will be your mentor. I says, but if you do it, do not call me. I said, let me explain, Carl. I said, when I was a, a young fellow in my teens, I was aspiring to become a Golden Glove champion. I went to the Golden Gloves, that's a boxing tournament mm-hmm. in Madison Square Garden, New York City. And I couldn't help but notice that nine out of the 10 champions came out of this one particular boxing gym in New York. And it might have been about two miles from where I was training. And I said, it can't, it's too big a coincidence that it was just the fighters. It had to be the coach. Something impossible for all these guys to become champions tonight. And they all came from that gym. Someone's doing a pretty good job of training them. So after the Golden Gloves, I strolled into this boxing gym, Queens Boulevard, mm-hmm. New York City. It's called the Lost Battalion. And up on the ladder was this gray-haired man fixing a heavy bag. I said, that's the guy. That's the guy that was in the corner of all the champions. And he looked down at me because, again, he's on the ladder. I'm in my mid-teens, and he says a very stern voice. He was a school teacher by trade, and he had that sternness about him. He looked down, he says to me, can I help you? I looked up to him, I says, uh, yes, sir. I said, um, I was at Madison Square Garden last Friday night, and I couldn't help but notice that almost everybody that won the championship came from your gym. He says, yes. Hmm. I said, well, sir, I, I said to myself, I says, too coincidental. I says, it must be the coach. I said, I feel that they all became champions on account of you, sir, because you were in everybody's corner. And he says, yes. I said, well, sir, I said, I, I just want to ask you, will you teach me? And he, looked, he paused. And he looked down, and in a very stern voice, he says to me, will you learn? And I'll never forget that. And I says, yes, sir. I will learn. And he taught me, and he made a great fighter out of me. Now I'm telling Carl this story as we're sitting in my dining room that night. I said, now, Carl, could you imagine I went through all this. I begged this man to train me. Train me. You're asking me to be your mentor. And the next day, he walks into the men's locker room 
and I was snorting cocaine off the bench. I said, you think that man would have continued to train me? And Carl said, no. I said, well, I feel the same way as that man. I said, if you continue to do cocaine, do not call me. Or the day you stop, I will be there for you. Yeah. And again, it was one of the it was one of the great sermons of all time. And again, I take no credit for that. It was really, and one day you should have him on your podcast and have him tell you the story. Oh, for and, sure. I love that. Yeah. And, but I knew he wasn't, I knew he wasn't ready. Yeah. I knew he had fallen, but he hadn't hit, he hadn't hit bottom yet. Mm. So a few weeks go by, go by, which brought us to about, I'd say about this week would probably be three weeks ago. I get a phone call from Carl's mother. And she says, Danny, I need your help. I said, Bridget, what's the matter? She said, Carl's about to commit suicide. Oh, no. He sent a goodbye text to his aunt. He said he's going to take his life. Mm. And she said, we don't know how to reach him, where to find him, anything you could possibly do. I said, Richard, I said, I, well, all I could do is try, try and call him. I said, I said, yes, you don't know where he is. I certainly don't know where he is. And they called every place that they thought he might have been. And they knew prior to that, he had spent a couple of nights in a hotel, but he had checked out. So... We know that the clock is ticking. Yeah. I call his phone and goes right to voicemail. I'm like, really, what, what more could I do? Um, and I know I had to go to the market and pick up some groceries. So I get in my car and I'm driving to the supermarket and all of a sudden I get a craving for pizza. Yeah. Now, I recently moved to Boca Raton. Carl lives nowhere near Boca Raton. And I see this pizzeria that I got the once years ago. Mm-hmm. And I saw, I'm going to go there and I'm going to have a slice. Yeah. I pull up in my car, I'm in the parking lot. I look in his car and I'm like, there's Carl oh, sitting no. behind the wheel of this car. Now, again, he doesn't even live in Boca Raton. To give you an idea, Carl lives in Margate, which is, you know, let's say a 30-minute ride. So we're nowhere near, you know what I'm saying? And what he's doing in in this parking lot, he could not even tell you. Yeah. But he certainly wasn't going for a slice of pizza. He had just picked up enough synthetic heroin to make sure he would kill himself almost instantly. And he was about to do it. Wow. I pull up to the window and Carl's a big, tough guy from the Bronx. Again, he's probably in his 30s now and rugged guy. And he's in the midst of the worst panic attack I've ever seen in my life where he's shaking, shaking. And Carl, what's the matter? He's like, I'm having a panic attack, you know? I'm like, okay, Carl, calm down. Try and calm down, you know? Um, so calms down a little bit. I said, look, I saw there was some outdoor tables in front of this pizzeria that 
isolated. Nobody was there. I said, let's go take a table at the end. I sat down. I spoke to him, you know? Mm-hmm. I said, now, let's go back. Let's go back into your car and speak. Now, when he was at my house, I said to him, call, download my book. Because I recently wrote a book called No More Bad Days, Defeating the Imaginary Bullies Inside Your Mind. And that night when he was at my house, I said, Carl, you need to listen to this book. It's an audio book. But he did. His head wasn't, his head wasn't in the right place. Yeah. So we sat in front of the pizzeria. I calmed him down. We got back into his car, and I said to him, Carl, I said, I'm getting a message from God, and he wants me to play you a chapter in my audiobook. This is all true, by the way. Mm-hmm. And I take out my cell phone, go to my book, chapter eight, and it's a chapter in my book. And the book is not, I didn't want to make the book the Danny Baronicle story. It's a self help book, it's very comprehensive. Again, I will say it's probably the greatest self-help book ever written. Again, no disrespect to all the great spiritual gurus out there. Mm. I say that because the book was channeled through me. Yeah. So I'm not taking credit for it. And I, and I, and I, I tell you that Angelica, because when I, when I wrote the book, there wasn't a moment of hesitation in writing the book. Yeah. Not one second. Oh, what am I going to say next? Wow. Um, with the exception of one chapter where I specifically spoke about um, legal drugs like oxycodones and Percocets and, you know, antidepressants where I had to do research. Other than that, I did not hesitate for one second. And that told me that this book was being channeled yeah. through me. So if I sound like I'm bragging, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, it's the greatest self-help book ever written because I did. It was written through me. If you understand what I'm trying to tell you. Oh, for sure. Hi, my name is Casey Gonzalez. I'm with Chef Salty Pork. Hello, everyone. It's the Coupon Queen Pen. From the CQP Moments Podcast. Hi, everyone. This is Mark the Shark from the Mark the Shark MMA Show. And, and you're listening to, to a little, little bit of everything, everything, everything with, with Angelica. Angelica. And this one specific chapter was a bit of, about my rise and fall, which Carl was with me when I was on top of the world. And top of the world was a two-acre ranch in Florida, uh, you know, penthouse apartments in New York City, tunnels on the ocean in Fort Lauderdale, Benzes, Hummers, 15-passenger stretch, private Hummers, private chauffeurs. I was riding high, and, and God took it all away from me humbled me down to the point where I was homeless and carless and walking the streets, you know? Mm-hmm. And I played that chapter 
in the book. And it's an audio book, so he heard my voice narrating it because I knew that this was where the despair had set in. Yeah. This is why he was going to kill himself because in his mind, there was no hope. He wow. lost his wife, he lost his children, he was about to lose his job. So he said, there's no hope, I may as well kill myself. Yeah. So when he, he heard all this, and I said, now you just heard this, me talking about my life, where I was, how far I fell, and look at me, I'm okay. Yeah. He looked at me. I said, so get that feeling of despair, it's okay. I said, it's all right. It's okay to fall to the ground. Because the good part about it is once you do, there's only one place to go. Up. Right? Exactly. Freedom's, freedom's just another word for nothing else to lose. Bobby McGee. Um, so with that, he took a deep breath. And I will say that Carl is doing great he's a different man he hasn't experimented with drugs since and he's 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 doing great today wow but yeah i feel like uh, i don't know um i feel like the universe tends to do that on some people they're placed on this on this earth to help others in a certain way and I truly yeah. believe that what you're saying, like channeling, um, it was channeled to you to help someone. I truly believe that because I've heard other stories of people being channeled to help certain people in certain situations. And it's not even them. It's they're being channeled to help a particular person. And it's amazing how the outcome becomes because it's like for, for me, I could say I'd like to help a lot of people because I feel like I, I have to. I don't know if it's just because of my the way my dad is because he's very helpful. But when it comes to something channeling to you, it's like you kind of don't have control of it. You just you just have to do it because you know someone's in need and someone else is channeling it to you. So I truly believe that. Yes. You know, and it's like I tell people that, listen, Everybody needs help, mm-hmm. and and everybody's received help at one point or another in mm-hmm. their life. And you say people became very successful, and they say, "I've done it all my own." No, you didn't. Think back somewhere along the line, somebody did something for you. Somewhere. Exactly, could have been a teacher, could have been your mother, your father, someone somewhere along the line helped you. You know, mm-hmm. and. Even if we each take one person under our wing, or it could be a stray animal, but help, help someone in need. And in turn, one day when you're in need, chances are somebody will be there for you. Exactly. And I truly believe that when you help somebody in need, eventually the universe will reward you or repay you in a different way. Yes. Yes. And I never used to believe in all that stuff, but I became a a big believer in it as time went on. 
I met a man one day, and this was when I was rolling high, and you know, I, I had my ranch in South Florida, and thank God I still have my ranch. I'm, I'm sitting in it now as I speak to you in a, in a beautiful setting, surrounded by oh. trees and a tiki hut, and That's when you go to Miami, you, you'll come visit. It's like, it's like a sanctuary. I almost lost it at one point. Thank God, I, 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 through the grace of God, I got it back. But, um, you know, while I was riding high, I, and I always kept an apartment in New York City, in this one particular luxury building on the East River, opposite Manhattan. It was on the Queens side, which had the best view of Manhattan. Which you look right across at it. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I had like three apartments in this luxury building. And one I kept for myself and the other two I rented. And one day one of my tenants here said to me, you have any of your apartments available? He says, uh, I just hired, he was a general manager of a car dealership. He said, I just hired a gentleman. He's, he's driving up from Maryland and he needs a place. And I said, mm. I said, no, not really. I said, I said, I have three, two are rented and you know, one I keep for myself. And he said to me, hmm, you sure you mind if I send him to see you anyway? I said, okay. Wasn't really thinking much of it, you know. It sounded like I could help the guy, but sure. Always like to meet people. And this gentleman uh, knocks on my door a little short while later, just drove in from Maryland and uh, is very distinguished African-American gentleman mid-60s, um, a former military man and great disposition. And we were speaking and he said, yeah, he said, you know, I'm down on my luck. He says, I, I haven't been able to find work. I, you know, I applied for a job here as a car, car salesman. That's one of my other tenants mm-hmm. hired him. He says, and um." He says, the only person that was willing to hire me, so he says, I moved from Maryland to New York, he says, but he says, I don't even know what to do. He says, I don't, he says, I don't even have any, he says, I don't have any money. He said, I'm just totally lost. Yeah. But he was a man with a strong faith. And I said, well, I said, um, you know, actually, tomorrow, I said, I leave the Florida. I says, why don't you just stay here in my apartment? Mm-hmm. And he said, he says, no, he says, you don't understand. He said, I don't even know why Sasha sent me here. He said, he said, I don't have any money. I said, that's okay. He said, no, no. He says, you don't understand. He says, I don't have the first month's rent. I don't have the security. He says, I don't have any money. I said, well, that's okay. I says, <laughs> I said, um, you don't need any money. I said, um, I says, I'll give you the keys and tomorrow come back. I'm leaving. I says, and I won't be back for a long time. I'm going back to Florida. I said, and when you get up on your feet, you can start sending me some money. And he said, Serious? He says, Of course, I'm serious. I said, Can you 
find a place to stay tonight to have enough for a, cause I had just had a, a studio that I was keeping for myself at the time. And he said, yeah, I said, sure. He says, that's great. Come see me in the morning before I go to the airport. He comes, I hand him the keys. As the weeks went by, the months, months went by, he would periodically call me up and say, I didn't forget you. I didn't forget you. I forgot about him truthfully. <laughs> and he said, I'm just waiting to make a sale. And as soon as I do and I get a commission, I'm going to send you some money. I said, okay, Joe, no problem. His name yeah. is Joe Jackson. And uh, a couple of months went by, he would call me every month. Oh, hi, Joe, you know, and several months went by. And eventually, you know, he called me up, he's excited. He's making sales. He started sending me some money. But it was the last thing I had on my mind. Um, I was doing very well at the time. So... He eventually moved back to Virginia, um, got up on it, got on his seat, and the man never forgot me till this day. And this story is going back about 20 years ago. Wow. And, you know, he'll always call me on Christmas, Thanksgiving, Father's Day, and we'll always have a pleasant conversation. And it would always end with him saying, you're blessed and hardly faded, and he would click the phone down. Now, this went on for a long time. And one day, we're about to end our conversation, and he started to say, you're blessed. I said, wait, Joe, I said, stop right there. I said, I said, why do you keep saying that? I said, it kind of makes me uncomfortable. I said, what are you saying? That God is prejudiced? Like, I mean, I like this feeling like, oh, I'm blessed and hardly faded. Well, I'm not better than anybody. We're all the same. Yeah. And he says to me, he says, Dan, he says, let me ask you a question. I said, go ahead, Joe. He says, how many people do you know that would take a middle-aged African-American man into a luxury building that doesn't have a dime and give him keys and say, go ahead, move into my house. You don't even know me. Don't worry about it. When and if you get money, send me some. He says, you tell me right now. Who do you know that would do that? Mm-hmm. And I'm, <laughs> I'm going through my head as the people I know. I'm, mm. <laughs> I can't think of anyone, Joe. He says, you better believe God sees your heart. You're blessed and you're highly favored. And he hung up the phone. And you know what, Angelica? Yeah. Since that day, I never questioned it. And yeah. I stopped all the questions I do have about when we question the Lord and we say, why do bad things happen to people, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just finally stopped asking myself and God that question. I said, you know what? It is what it is, Danny. Don't question it. You've had a great life. You've had a blessed life. And sometimes I feel guilty about it, why my life was more blessed than someone else's. But I said, but you know what, Danny? That's not for you to decide and, and to worry about. God knows what he's doing. The universe knows what it's doing, you know? Um, because whatever, whatever your belief is, and, I, I, you know, I might sound like, a Bible thumper at this point, but I'm really not. You know, I, I, I couldn't quote you one verse from the from the Bible. Mm-hmm. But, you know, 
I, I do believe in something, yeah. some greater power yeah. than us. And whatever you believe, whoever you, 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 your God is, and whether you're a Gnostic or an atheist or who, whoever you believe in, one thing we could all believe in, the universe, right? Yeah, exactly. There's no denying that, right? Yeah. Oh, there's God, there's no God, there's Jesus, there's no Jesus, there's Buddha, there's <laughs> can we all agree that there's a universe? At least can we agree on that, right? Yes. <laughs> so if there's nothing else but the universe, and the universe is God, you know, and maybe we're all part of it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, throughout the years, I've, I've come to believe that, that somehow or another, everything on this earth is connected. Yeah, you and I are connected to each other some way, somehow. Yeah, we're connected to, to a tree or, or a rock, and everything has life. Mm-hmm. Even an ancient old rock has life, mm-hmm. has has cells in it that are moving. You mm-hmm. might not be able to see it with the naked eye, but they have cells. Everything has cells. Everything has life. Mm-hmm. And everything, everything is connected. Absolutely right. So, so that's my my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> and I, I will tell you that I've received so many wonderful um, letters, emails about my book. Again, Danny Baronico, no more bad days. It's a very comprehensive self-help book, and it speaks about the situation we're in today, meaning that so many of us are suffering depression, stress, anxiety, and why? How did we, how did we get in this mess? Mm-hmm. What was the universe's intention for us when we were created? Were we created to be stressed? I don't think so. And I think what's evident of that is a child. Children aren't stressed. All they want to do is is play and be happy. Mm-hmm. The stress starts to set in when they go to school. Yeah. And for the first time in their life, they're being judged. Exactly. And that's where I believe it starts. And mm-hmm. that's where I believe we need to do something about it. Because we've become too much of a society that's too worried about titles, you know? Exactly. And, you know, what makes a person successful? Oh, I'm a, I'm a success because um, uh, I'm, I'm the chief executive officer in charge of the seventh floor. Yeah, okay. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Are you happy? Yes, you're successful, you know? Yeah. So, you know... Rich or poor, and I speak about that in my book, you know, stress gravitates, which the more you have, the more stressed you, you will be. Mm-hmm. It's not a matter of, you know, your personal attainment in life. It's like, are you happy? And if you're happy, there's an argument that right there, you're successful. About two weeks ago, I went to the graduation at the Stoneman Douglas High School. Mm-hmm. Now, if you, if you remember that, that was one of the worst shootings in history where 17 children 
got killed that day in Florida. Oh, yeah. And my girlfriend, who I live with, I live with her children. Her children go to that school. So a few weeks ago, I, I attended the graduation. It was a huge graduation at the Frank Atlantic Center. Uh, and they had, you know, a professional athlete from the Miami Heats mm-hmm. speaking. And this was a graduation that, like, like none ever before, because it wasn't about the greens and the achievements from the principals to the counselors to the brilliant valedictorians themselves. They weren't speaking about grades. They were speaking about happiness for the first time. Wow. And it was so refreshing to see because so many things that I wrote in my book, you heard that day at the graduation, my girlfriend looked at me and said, oh my God, Danny, that's in your book. Oh my God, Danny, that's in your book. And even a quote from John Lennon that's in my book, they quoted John Lennon with a a different quote. In my book, I talk about when John Lennon told his son, life is what happens to people when they're busy making other plans. And the quote that they used at the Stoneman Douglas High School, the counselor said that when John Lennon was in elementary school, teacher said to him, John, what's your definition of success? And John Lennon said to his teacher, happiness. And the teacher said, well, John, obviously, you do not understand the question. John Lennon said to his teacher, obviously, you do not understand the meaning of life. Mm. How strong is that? That is very strong. <laughs> Tell me that man wasn't a great philosopher, as well as one of the greatest singer-songwriters that ever lived. Oh, yeah. And it was just so refreshing to me to hear what I've been preaching, that stop beating the kids over the head, that if you don't get an A, you're a loser, you know? Yeah. And just be happy. They teach you how to read, how to write. They don't teach you how to be, how to be happy. In fact, you know, I think one of the problems, Angelica, is that we keep everything inside of us. Yes. And we walk around with too much stuff inside of us. Exactly. But that's how, that's how we're taught. You know, it's like when you go to school and you, 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 you're learning English for the first time. The question is, how are you? What's the answer? I'm fine. Como esta? Muy bien. Mm-hmm. What if we're not muy bien? How do you say I'm stressed in Spanish? Come on, help me here, you know. Estoy estresada. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I think that we all need to um, reveal ourselves a little more. And that's what we do at a thing that's Fight Club. You know, the first 15 minutes before we begin any physical activity, you know, we work on mental health. Um, we have this thing called rap talk. So while you're wrapping your hands like a boxer wraps the hands and the hand yeah. wraps, we're also wrapping. Wow. And that's the time we use to talk about what's bothering us. And the best way to get someone to talk about it is you open up yourself. Exactly. And then once you open up, they open up. 
And I learned a long time ago, when I really want to know how somebody's doing, I don't say, how are you? Because that will just revolt the, the standard answer. I'm yes, fine. Boy. I say, Angelica, how's your stress today? Now, <laughs> now you get the real answer, you know? Oh, for sure. And in many cases, you're opening up a, a Pandora's box, but one that needs to be open because, you know, you can't keep the lid on it anymore because people are about to explode. Yeah. So that's what we try and do at Athena's Fight Club. We work on your mental health and we go into some body sculpting and then we hit the heavy bags and in between rounds, the lights automatically shut off and highlight clips from Rocky will come on the giant screen TVs and all sorts of motivational stuff between rounds and it just gives people feeling great about themselves. Wow. And that's what we're all about. And that's really, really amazing. And like I said earlier, there's not many gyms that do this. It's it's focusing on the inside and on the outside and how we think, especially asking them, how's your stress level? That's a huge one because you're absolutely right. It's always the standard. I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm good. Or it's great. Like, you know, but deep down inside, there's something holding us that's keeping us stressed. When we go to work, yes. when we deal with relationships, when we're at home, when with, with our kids, when whatever yeah. it is. And it's a phenomenal, phenomenal idea and what you put in place in your gym. The most well put together people we know are suffering and, and we don't know it. Our idols are suffering. Exactly. Um, you know, I, you know, I also have a musical career. Uh, I'm a guitar player. I'm a protege from speaking about, speaking about Spanish, one of the greatest Spanish legends of all time, Jose Feliciano. Okay, oh, who, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the guy who wrote Feliz Navidad, but he's, he hates that because he's so much more than that. He's probably the greatest guitar player that ever lived, and I'm his protege. Um, so through him, I've, let, I've met a lot of famous people, and when you get to know them in, intimately, they're suffering more than we are. Yeah. They're lonelier than we are. Mm-hmm. They can't make friends as easily as we can, mm-hmm. and they have to keep up that image and that's one of the most challenging parts. We've got to learn to stop worrying about fancy titles and just go back to the basics and be happy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. You just, you like ended it off so perfectly. <laughs> That's it, right? Be, da, 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 be happy. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> And it really, again, the name of my book is, it's No More Bad Days. And the subtitle is Defeating the Imaginary Bullies Inside Your Mind. Because that's really what it is. It's if, we, if we're if we suffering, it's just in our head. It's our mind. It's where we, we chose to be at that moment. Shake it off. And then in my book, I speak about how to shake it off and what to do. So if you're down and out, listen to my book, Angelica, no more bad days. No more bad <laughs> and days. I won't, and I won't lie to you because we're all human and 
there are times where I need to to listen to my book myself and remind myself of to, you know to practice what I preach and it, it helps me it helps me um, and I hope it helps it helps others and I hope everybody helps others and again if it's like two days ago my girlfriend and I took in a we fostered a dog you know which was supposed to just help help to get back on its feet and find a home but of course now the home is our home you know? yeah <laughs> which yeah. is why i'm the worst person to to force the being the foster dog care business because i have about a thousand dogs in my house you know yeah <laughs> but we almost you know we we almost help each other you know i, I believe you know it's the meaning of life the purpose of life yeah you, you think about that you know it's kind of like if we just stop and say to ourselves one day, what's it all about? Mm-hmm. It's not about us. It's not about our graduating and our being successful and our getting a job and our getting married and our having this and that. What is probably the most important question? What is the purpose of life? And, and if you Google it, if you go on YouTube and you put that in, mm-hmm. what is the purpose of life? I'll tell you what's going to come up, a story about a man and he tells the story who died on an operating table oh, wow. and in that interim where he crossed over to the other side before they brought him back to life he has a conversation with God and God says listen you're not ready yet I'm going to send you back but before I do do you have any questions for me now imagine this I'm just my God I I could ask God any question. I better make it a good question. And he he thinks about it. He says, God, what's the purpose of life? God says, that's an excellent question. I'll let you know. And all of a sudden, the doctors bring him to, and he's brought back to life again. Again, you can see this on YouTube. But what's the purpose of life? And you hear this gentleman telling his story. with tears in his eyes. And he's saying, but I, I never, I never got the answer to the question. And one day he bumps into someone and he's telling a story. And the person says, well, actually, God told me to give you a message. And he says, what's that? The purpose of life is love. I so believe- we'll leave it at that. It was honestly, that's amazing. I I, I thank you. And I I thank you for the uh, opportunity to speak on the podcast. I hope people enjoy it. And I hope people, more importantly, benefit from it and and share the love. That's what it's all about. For sure. And I want to say, you know, it's, it's a pleasure um, it's this is one of the reasons why I did the podcast was because I get to meet so many people around the world, sharing their passions, sharing their story, sharing whatever it is. Because you, there's there's always a story behind every person, 
with that title that you have or that success, there's that, there's a story behind it, how you got there. And I love listening to that because it's, it's like, we need to hear it from other people in order to help ourselves to keep moving forward and to help us to reach our goals. Because at the end of the day, it's like, I feel like we're in this world where if I hear someone did this because, and they had these complications or these obstacles, but they did it. It makes me feel better because it's like, wow, I can just keep going. And I feel like we learn from each other from stories and especially personally. I've always said that there is, there isn't anything I enjoy more than listening to people's stories. I, you know, I don't watch much television, no need, you know? Um, and everybody has a story. Yeah, and when like being in this fight club, people come in and they start opening up. It just amazes me. Mm-hmm. The stories, incredible, and the trials and tribulations and what people have overcome in their life. It's incredible. It is um, it's truly incredible. So keep keep the faith. Listen to my book when you get a chance, and let me know what you think. Yeah. And again, I thank you for this opportunity to be part of your podcast. I hope your listeners enjoy it and again benefit from it. And God bless everybody. Thank you so much. And please tell us where we can get the book and also give us the address of your gym and where we can find you on social media. You could go to... um com, and there you'll find a link to my book or just go to Google and my name Danny Boronico B-O-R-O-N-I-C-O no more bad days and either way you'll, you'll be able to find my book and you'll be able to find my, my social media Perfect. it was a pleasure and stay in touch okay I'd love to hear from you again All right. Awesome. Will do. And to all my listeners, all that information, I'm going to add it in the show notes. You can just click and it will lead you to his website. Thank you again, Danny, so much. This has been amazing. Next time I'm in Florida, that's going to be my first thing after I see family. I need to go see Danny and his gym, try it out. And, um, It'd be awesome. And you come to my sanctuary. You come to my ranch. Oh, for You'll love sure. It. For sure. That's going to be on my list. And um, You're welcome to be my guest. Oh, thank you. This has been so awesome to all my listeners. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you, Danny. And Good night, I, guys. Take care. Thank you so much. And have a great one. You too. Bye-bye now. Bye. Thanks for listening and stay tuned on a new episode on a little bit of everything with me.